0: You're listening to audio from Grove Park Baptist Church. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.groveparkchurch.net. Psalm 120 is the first in a series of psalms that stretch from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 that are known as the Psalms of Ascent. There are several theories concerning the use of these psalms in the worship practices of ancient Israel. Uh, Some scholars believe that they were uh, saying as they traveled the steps from the court of women to the court of men in the temple, there were 15 steps. Now what a journey, right? You're going to sing a psalm at each step as you go up. But some think that. Others think that they were used And I like this theory, uh, that they were used by those who were on pilgrimage to Jerusalem during the three principal festivals or feasts in ancient Israel, that of Passover, Pentecost, and the Tabernacles. They refer to it as the Psalms of Ascent because Jerusalem is and was the highest point in Israel and so no matter where you went you had to go up to get there. And so they were always ascending as they would go to the festival. I imagine that this journey was slow, gritty, toilsome, I mean, it's not like they could go out and get in their car and be there in a couple of minutes. They had to plan it out. They had to get their donkey ready, maybe get its oil changed. I don't know. And then off they'd go. It wasn't very clean. There was a dirty, dusty road. You know, in so many ways, this makes me think of our journey to God. It seems to be a ab description for it. For our discipleship, beloved, is never meant to be easy, clean, fast. We all want it to be right? We all want everything to be fast. Are you one of those people like me who stand in front of the microwave and do like this? Come on. I mean, you're nuking it. Used to, you'd have to cook it and turn the stove on and get the pots out, you know, have to do all this stuff. Really, I'm going to have whatever it is I'm looking for in about three minutes. Not fast enough. Beloved, our journey to God is supposed to be hard. It is meant to work out sanctification in us, to make us look more and more like God and less and less like ourselves. As we have already mentioned this morning, it is to shape us as a potter would shape a vessel, that we may become useful vessels in God's kingdom. So, where does the journey begin? Notice with me verses 1 and 2 of our text this morning. In my distress I called to the Lord and He answered me, Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Our journey begins always with an awareness of where we are. Now let us understand something. Our initial thought process with this would be that we must be that this awareness is something that occurs at the point of of our salvation, and you are correct. But it goes beyond just our salvation. We must always in our life be aware of what it is, where it is that we are, what it is that we're doing, and where we are in relation to not only where God is, but where God wants us. Why? Because sometimes, generally imperceptibly, our journey slows down. It slows down to a crawl. Or sometimes it just stops. Our growth in God doesn't go further afield than where we are, and and we're fine with that. Why? Well, it could be that you're just tired right you're just tired fatigue is an honest fault I must tell you we're in the process of moving and I am so tired I can't see straight I'm so tired of boxes I'm so tired of tape I'm so tired of it all I'm just tired fatigue happens you know what else happens comfort. Do you ever get comfortable where you are? I remember the first time I ever kept Scout by myself. I finally got her to sleep. I went back and I sat down on the couch and I don't know about you all but on our couch where I sit on it, it's got the marked spot you know, the Mark spot. It's, it fits Mark. <clears throat> don't fit anybody else. It fits Mark. And I got in that Mark spot and I just, I just got in that nice, comfortable place, you know, and I had no sooner got settled than that young'un went to crying. And I'm like, I don't want to have to get up and do this. But it was just me, so I had to go do it. You know, something happens in the middle of the winter, in the night, just as you start to get warm, you got to get out of bed. It always happens, this comfort. And we never want to leave comfort because the world is a very uncomfortable place. And so when we get comfortable, we generally just want to stay there. Beloved, we need to understand that we'll never grow in grace as long as we're comfortable. But there's a more sinister path that we should be aware of this morning. It is the fact that you and I so very often will fall prey to the world's standards and we will substitute God's standards for the world's. Notice he says deliver me from lying lips from a deceitful tongue. It can happen to anyone at any age because aren't we all bombarded by the world's standards? Someone asked me one time, they said, uh, why, do you, why do you say grace so much in your sermons? Why do you keep bringing up grace, 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 grace? I said, because we live in an ungraceful world. I said, and I get about 35 minutes a week to tell people about grace. And then they go out into the world, and for the rest of the week, they hear a message far from grace. I don't know about you, but the message that I hear from the world weighs on me sometimes. When I turn on the news and I see the bad things that are going on in the world, it just weighs on me. And suddenly their way looks easier than God's way. And we say, Well, I'll just follow that path. the journey to God begins with us realizing that we are in a precarious spot, whether it be because of fatigue or comfort or because we have fallen prey to something else that the world says is right and God says is wrong. And we cry out from the depths of our heart, deliver me, God. When we recognize this and we recognize how far off we are from God, what is it we must do? Notice verses 3 and 4. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. We must, as Jesus said, hate where we are and cut it off. We must say in our own hearts, I'm just not going to deal with this I, uh, uh, Verse 3 says what shall be given to you What shall be done to you uh, Let's throw coals on it Let's shoot arrows at it Let's get it just so far away from us as we can Why? Because beloved until you finally hate something You're going to love it Right? Until you hate it you're going to love it I went to the doctor uh, about eight years ago. Uh, we went to the fair, state fair. And that year at the fair, they had um, Krispy Kreme donut cheeseburgers. And let me tell you, that's the closest to heaven this side of Chapel Hill. Uh, and I went and I had me one of them bad boys there at the fair. And two days later, I had to go to the doctor for my physical. The doctor called about a week later, and she said, Mark, your cholesterol's up, your sugar's up. And I said, it was just, it was just, the, it was just the, the Krispy Kreme donut cheeseburger. That's all it was. She said, not hardly. You're going to now have to take this, 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 and this. as I began that process, you know what I had to do very first thing? I had to learn to hate all that that I loved because that that I loved was going to kill me. I couldn't begin every day of my life with a a huge glass of orange juice. I couldn't have an orange glass of orange juice at lunch. I couldn't have a glass of orange juice at dinner. You say nobody in their right mind drinks that much orange juice. I do. I had to hate it because it was going to kill me. Beloved, you and I have got to say in our lives when we understand that we are far apart from where God has us. And let us all be honest this morning. There is some point in every part of our lives where we are far from where God would have us that we have to say enough. Enough. God is there, and I want to go be with Him. And so I'm going to go to Him. I'm going to do everything that I can. If it means I've got to forsake everything behind me, I'm going to do it so that I can get to Him. Why? Because unless we do that, we'll never have peace. We'll never have peace. Notice verses five through seven. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kadar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. We have to say I'm far from home, but I'm going to go home no matter what. Meshach is uh, modern-day parlance, southern Russia. Kedar is the Arabian Peninsula. This is far away from Jerusalem. And they said, I, I'm, I'm way out here, but i got to go home. I want peace. All this around me is war. i got to go home. We can never have peace until we decide to leave it all behind and go to where God is. Is that an easy journey? No, not at all. Is it a necessary journey? Well, let me ask you, do you want to sleep well at night? Do you want to sleep in the knowledge that you have done everything that you could do for God that day, that you've left nothing undone? Do you want to, to dwell in that blissful place where you know that you are right in the center of God's will, that you're not far field in doing whatever it is that you want to do, but you're right where he wants you? We often talk about repentance, beloved, for what the sinner does, and we say it as saints, and we forget that we're sinners. You and I must always be in that process of repentance, which literally means we are going one direction, and we turn around, and we go back the direction that we're supposed to go to. few years ago, we were going to Maryland. My wife and sister-in-law and uh, all that side of the family is from the eastern shore of Maryland. That's why they talk funny. And um, we were going to Maryland. It was Christmas. It was late at night. And as we were going uh, up the eastern shore of Virginia, we noticed that the front headlight on the car had gone out. And to get to Eliza's mother's, we were going to have to drive right past the Worcester County Sheriff's Department. And Eliza said to me, she said, if we drive past the Worcester County Sheriff's Department, they're going to see this headlight out, they're going to see an out-of-state tag, and you're going to get a ticket. And I said, okay. Well, how do we get to your mother's? She said, we're going to go across Nassawango Creek. She's going to kill me at lunch. We're going along Nassawongo Creek, and I make this curve, and there's this bridge over this creek, and there's water on the bridge. And I said to Eliza, I said, we don't need to go across this bridge. And she said, Nassawongo Creek floods every time it rains. Don't worry about it. I've gone across it a million times. Well, I start putting that little Kia out there in the middle of that bridge. I keep inching it along, and the water keeps rising, rising, rising. It's up pretty good. And I looked at her and I said, Honey, we need to turn around. And her response back to me was, Keep going. And I said, No, turn around, don't drown. And she said back, if you turn around here, we are going to drown. The funny thing was, there was a guy sitting on the other side of the bridge. He was waiting to see if I got across. (laughs) I did. He said, Preacher, you just told us we need to turn around. You just said, Keep going the same way. Now I want you to hear what I said in the middle of that Turn around, don't drown. Beloved, no matter where you are and you know you need to turn around this morning, you don't know how deep the water is that you're driving into. You have no clue. It was by pure faith that we made it across that bridge. Because the water was mighty high. Turn around. Don't drown. Begin your journey today afresh. Afresh with God, afresh where it is that He wants you to go, afresh in doing what He wants you to do. Find peace today. The world is a place without peace, and you and I are to be ministers of peace to the world. But how can we bring peace to the world when we don't have peace within ourselves? We must say, No more Kadar. No more Misha. No more wherever it is you find yourself today. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to journey to home. I'm going to go to where God is. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to do it with peace knowing that he is with me. There is no more peaceful spot in the world than being in the center of God's will. Trust me. I know. And you can fight it and you can lose. Or you can just turn now and say, Father, here I am. Let's journey together. Where do you find yourself dwelling today? What road are you on? Are you on the road that leads home? He's calling you. Come to him today. Would you pray with me? Father, we live like the psalmist in a world that speaks war. and Lord, we are for peace. But, Lord, often we don't have peace within us. So help us to find that peace today. Lord, if we're on a path that is going to lead to sure destruction, Lord, turn us around. Help us know that you journey with us on the path of life, and you'll give us strength for the journey. we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, are you journeying in a direction you don't need to go? And you know God's calling you to a different path. He can help you turn around. You may think you can't turn around. God can do anything, and he can help you turn around and get on a sure footing. Maybe today you have never, ever turned your life around and you know you're going to drive off a cliff soon. And you say, I want to stop this right now. God will save you and put you on a path that you've never, ever dreamed. Maybe you say today, I want to come join Grove Park on this journey that it's on. And I want to work with it to get to where God's calling her. I don't know what it is God's spoken to you today. You do, but I know that you can find peace if you answer his call today. I'll be here to pray with you. You could pray by yourself. Would you come?